Kamala Harris continues to sound like adult. More documents are found at old Joe's home in Delaware. And everything is racist, of course. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you folks had a great weekend, and happy Martin Luther King Day. Okay, let's get to our daily Kamalaism. <laughs> I told you I was going to get some video, audio clips to make, that's going to be, that's the, that's the runner up right now. I decided just to find something so stupid to represent the Kamala-ism segments that I, I found that one. I thought, okay, perfect. Cause it's just clucking of a chicken and that's pretty much what Kamala is. So Kamala Harris was at a conference of some, some sort. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what she said. Maybe she said some brilliant things, which I kind of doubt. But <coughs> I have no idea what she was trying to say half the time, but it, she came out with some real, real funny stuff. Okay, here she is talking about the moment. And yes, I mean the moment. Let's listen to this. I think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum, inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt. Um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. And that's critically important. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even know what to say about that. Um, so the moment is bringing momentum. I Okay. All right, well, it gets better. She had another... Uh, uh, she had another little quip about the Caribbean islands and she's trying to describe the location of the Caribbean islands, which is pretty funny. Okay. Listen, listen to this. I convened and I've convened now at least three times, uh, a group that has is their acronym CARICOM. It is the Caribbean nations, island nations in the Western hemisphere. That is where the Caribbean is. We are also in the Western hemisphere. They are our neighbors. I mean, do you just feel dumber every time you listen to her? She's talking down to us like we don't know where the Caribbean island... Anyone who is sitting in that audience and interested in listening to this adult knows where the Caribbean islands are. We know we're in the Western Hemisphere. We know they're right there. I, You know, I hope she becomes president. I really do. Can you imagine if she's talking all the time? They hide her as much as they can. Of course... She's supposed to go out there because she ta- she's doing more talking than Joe Biden does. So I, I would I would love for her to be president. And you know, let's uh, <laughs> looking at the news, we might have her as president soon because things aren't looking good for old Joe. No, old Joe. So let's get to the news. Okay, well. Not a lot of news this weekend. Look, some things, some stuff happening. Um, they had, uh, yeah, of course, half the reason there's no, not much news is Joe Biden, of course, is in Delaware again. But he may change that policy really soon after what happened to him this weekend. So, first things first, Miss USA won the Miss Universe pageant. Her name is Rabani Gabriel. 
She is a, I think, a Filipino American. She's the first Filipino American to win. Uh, she's 28 years old from Texas, and of course, she's got all the societal importance uh, b- backing her. She's a model. She's a fashion designer, and she's a sewing instructor. So I look forward to her opinions on climate change and stuff like that, and, and illegal immigration and world peace and whatever else these people talk about. Of course, um, the losers said that the competition was fixed, uh, like they've been saying for the last 40 years. You might remember there wasn't a Miss Universe pageant last year because of complaints that it was all fixed. Now, I got to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be fixed too. Miss USA winning tells me it wasn't fixed because if it was fixed, Miss Ukraine would have won. And I've got some videos coming out on Rumble that you can watch about how just idiotic this Miss Universe pageant is, isn't. But the this, this pageant is. It's just, it's so stupid. But the big story is that the pageant is going to be run by women. And by women, I mean transgender women. By transgender women, I mean by a man. So the Miss Universe pageant was bought out by an investment group. And this guy, a CEO, he's a billionaire, of course. He's, but he thinks he's a woman. And he decided to make everyone realize that this pageant was going to be for women, for women's liberation, and that includes trans women's liberation. Now, I left the cat out of the bag here. I think if I had just let you listen to his voice, you probably would have figured that this is a man. So let's listen to this guy, Virtue Signal, all over the place. Miss Universe Organization from now on is going to be ran by women, owned by trans women, for all women. For all women really around the world, to celebrate the power of feminism. Now, I'm not going to make fun of his accent. Women. I, I, there was a clip online, actually, on Twitter, where the gal who was listening to this guy talk was just, she was recording it off the TV so you could hear her in the background. And she was, women, women. I mean, it, it, it was really actually funnier than that clip. <coughs> but I, I just want to point something out. The patriarchy is awesome. Men are so freaking awesome. We can win beauty pageants. We can kick the crap out of women in the ring. We can kick the crap out of women while swimming. We can kick the crap out of women during running. I mean, is there anything we can't do? And that's not sexist. I mean, this that's it. That's what it is. So um, we'll have to see. By the way, there was, even though it wasn't really talked about, it looked like there may have been a trans man competing. Because, well, he couldn't really, he looked like he had a bulge. Let's put it to you this way. So maybe that was a chick. But after seeing this guy make a com- make the comments, he's being saying that he's basically going to allow trans women into this, 
into this competition. I, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a trans woman in this in this competition. All right, and be prepared. It's gonna look like RuPaul's Drag Race and the Miss Universe pageant soon because these guys just are are taking over the world right now. Uh, in more news, uh, Joe Biden is in more trouble. They find they found five more classified documents. And by the way, who found these classified documents? Joe Biden's lawyers. I got a question for you. Where's the FBI, the net, the archive, the Secret Service? You know, the ones that invaded Trump's palace, Mar-a-Lago. Yes, it's a palace. I'm sorry, it's a palace. I, where are they? Aren't they supposed to be in the house looking? Shouldn't they have basically broken into the house and be looking? Well, they're not. Um, that makes, by the way, that's the fourth place they found classified documents. I'm not sure where they found them. I heard uh, it sounds like they found sets of documents in two different places in the library, plus the ones at his think tank in Pennsylvania, plus the ones they found in his in his garage next to his Corvette. I mean, this is just incredible. Now, the media is trying to say this is still not worse than what Trump did with classified documents. Okay. Rest assured, if Trump violated the law, he too should be in trouble. I do agree with this. I think they both should be in trouble. But here's the big difference between Trump and Biden. Trump was president. Joe Biden at the time wasn't president. And he had these documents in his possession for, I think, something like five years. Trump has the ability to to declassify. In my understanding, he can declassify after he's president. Whereas Joe Biden doesn't have the, never had the ability as vice president to declassify. So there is that. They say that Trump had way more documents. Well, here's a little, here's a little story. Um, Now we're looking, Biden probably had about a hundred documents, whereas Trump had, I think, a couple of thousand but here's the kicker, and we're not even sure about that because the media isn't really, we're not getting a lot of information here, which, by the way, is suspect there too. But it doesn't matter. Each document is a felony. So if I have 100 documents, that's 100 felonies, and you serve jail time for that. Um, I, so that's it. If Trump has 3,500 documents, that's 3,500 felonies. So each document is a separate felony. So it doesn't matter that Joe Biden had 100 documents and Donald Trump had 2,000. I don't know how many Trump had. I'm making that up. Okay, it looks like a couple hundred is what he had. They say that Biden was better because he reported it right away. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't report it right away because he's had those documents for six years. And again, reporting it right away is not really an argument because the documents that the National Archive wanted from Trump, they were in touch with Trump's lawyers the entire time. The National Archive and Trump both knew they had them. Trump just didn't want to give them up. And he's allowed to do that. Um, here's here's the, th- the kicker is... There's just a lot of defense of Joe Biden here. And the reality is, if Joe Biden has these documents, he's committed felonies. That's it, period, end of story. He is not the president. He was not the president at the time. As a matter of fact, those documents were in his home 
while he was not even in politics. Between uh, 2016 and 2020, he was not in politics. So they're continually, they're continually sitting back and um, excusing Joe Biden. And here's a good one. Here's Hank Johnson. He's a Democrat from Georgia, and he's got a real interesting take on why those documents were there. Let's listen to what he had to say. My response to it all is that alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of, uh, of uh, Joseph Biden, uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that needs to be um, investigated. And, um, and that's, that's what I call for, is for everything to be investigated. But I'm suspicious of the timing of it. I'm, I'm also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people. P- places and things can be planted. Um, or things, things can be planted in places uh, and then discovered conveniently. That may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out. But I don't, I'm, I'm open in terms of the investigation. It needs to be investigated. What adult. Now, just to let you in on a couple of things, um, it's not alleged. Uh, the lawyer said they are classified documents. They're in the home. Um, it, it's it's there. They, the, the documents are there. They're handing them. The, the, his lawyers actually handed the documents to the National Archives. So they're not allegedly there. They are there. There's no question. And as far as... Republicans going out and planting classified documents in three spots in Joe Biden's home and in his think tank. Weird, weird. But you got to remember, this guy had more stuff. This guy's adult and he had more stuff that showed he was adult. If you listen to his podcast a few years ago, you might remember this from Hank Johnson. This is not the sharpest tool in the drawer here. Listen, you let's give you the little reminder of how stupid the, and you probably could hear how stupid he is. Let's listen to how stupid he is a few years ago when he was interviewing uh, some general or admiral about naval bases in Guam. Listen to what he said. Uh, place on the island and about 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that... Uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The island of Guam could capsize if the Navy put more people on the island. He said this. He said that a couple of years ago, and we're the idiots to keep electing. I'm not the idiot, but... We're the idiots. They keep electing these people. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, Joe Biden is in more trouble than that. Apparently, uh, there's documentation that shows that uh, uh, his son owned the house. So Hunter owned the house or lived on the property. And so you've got classified documents 
with Hunter living on the property. But that's not the only thing. This came out today. That's not the only thing that was the big problem with Hunter. Hunter had said he was spending, get this, $49,000 a month on rent. Hmm. The rent on that, the the actual mortgage on that house is about $6,000. That is no $49,000 a month house. So you got to wonder, $49,000 for rent? Joe, why are you charging your son $49,000 for rent? Either Hunter lied on his paperwork that he submitted or um, Joe was pocketing some money. Again, all of this is going to be investigated. And I got news for you. I have a feeling this is the Democrats' way of getting him out. I don't think they're going to necessarily try to impeach him. I don't think they're going to try and get rid of him. But I definitely think they want him to go away. They definitely don't want, want him running in 2024. Well, this could be the scandal that kills his, his run in 2024. And quite possibly could get him out of the White House especially if they start really digging into the Hunter Biden scandal. And I think they're going to have to do that. They're going to do that. All right. In our final story, on January 3rd, the Los uh, in Los Angeles, a guy named Keenan Anderson died after being tased by the LAPD. Now, Anderson, he's a black man. Uh, Anderson, and, and by the way, the cop who tased him was a white guy. But just a little FYI, the guy who was trying to, who was struggling with Anderson was a black guy. So to scream racism here is going to be a stretch. All right. But Anderson was an English high school teacher, and he was also the cousin of Patrice Quellers. If you don't know who that is, that is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. So you know this is going to be an issue. By the way, uh, Black Lives Matter, such a corrupt organization, California, California of all states, will not allow Black Lives Matter to collect donations. That's how corrupt it is. Not to mention, Keller's is being investigated for misuse of funds. Okay, anyway. So this guy, he threw, he uh, got into a car accident, um, started running away from the car accident. A cop stopped him. And it was a motorcycle cop because that's who they send for car accidents. They dealt with him for 17, 20 minutes and then tased him a bunch of times because he was resisting. Now, this story, of course, everyone is going out there and screaming racism, racism, racism. Um, it's not racism. It has nothing to do with it. Okay. I am not going to talk a lot about this. There's a lot in this story that no one is talking about. Twitter is blowing up with this story. Here's the kicker. You know who's not blowing up with it? The New York Times, the Washington Post the LA Times, or any other news outlet. Do you know why? Because the case is, is open and shut. There, there's no question that this was illegal. That Well, first off, they're using a taser. They're, they weren't even using deadly force. And then the, re the kid had a heart attack five hours after he was arrested. Um, yeah, you snort a lot of coke, that'll do it to you. So... I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I actually have a, about a 20-minute video on this subject on Rumble. So go to Rumble, type in Dumbasses Talking Politics, and it will be the first story. So you could take a look. Here you'll look at the some of the activists complaining. You'll hear from the Queller's uh, attorney. And then you'll actually see the video, the police body cam footage.
and you can make a you can make a, a judgment for yourself. Okay, so so much for coexisting. Um, I I swear when we get stories like this, it just drives me nuts because the LGBTQ community is constantly screaming that we need to coexist and coexist, but anybody who goes against them, they freaking just destroy their lives. And this is another case. So according to the Daily Wire, a trans activist lobbied to get a woman fired from her job as a community manager at the video game company Limited Run Games and appears to have been successful. Social media user Purple Tinker, that's the name, uh, tweeted several grievances against the woman named Cara Lynn on January 6th. This is what this guy tweeted. Quote, the community manager at Limited Run Games, Cara Lynn, is a transphobe who follows a veritable who's who of right-wing transphobic creeps unless the and until she is fired from the company permanently, I am not giving another single dime. CW trans transphobia. Okay, so this was sent at 9 a.m. that day. By the way, what were her sins? She questioned whether men are actually women. She questioned whether men should be allowed in the women's restroom. And she followed and commented on posts by libs of TikTok and conservative commentator Ian Miles Chong. That's why he was complaining. By the way, this garbage that we call a human being deleted his account the next day. By 5 p.m., eight hours after this piece of trash human being posted this, they fired her. And this is what they said. This is what I... I, I if I played video games, I would never buy a video game from this company again. This is what they said. LRG respects all personal opinions, except some. Except some. They, don't ex they don't respect some opinions. However, we remain committed to supporting an inclusive culture. Upon investigating a situation, an employee was terminated. Our goal as a company is to continue to foster a positive and safe environment for everyone, except if you don't toe the, the woke line. Okay? I love that these people always consider themselves inclusive. Uh, LRG, this purple dinkwad, whatever his name is, they consider themselves inclusive, but then they go out of their way to exclude people. It's really kind of disgusting. Now, the good news is, the good news is, this broad is probably going to sue. And the good news is, they're either going to settle with her and she's going to be a millionaire, or she's going to win the lawsuit and become a millionaire. Because this is illegal. This is First Amendment. Oh, well. Speaking of LGBT, and by the way, this is some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about last week and I couldn't get to. So, I'm pretty sure this story is about an activist trying to get some attention, but you tell me what you think. So, according to Vice, Ryan Ezreal Willows, a 50-year-old transgender woman, which means a man, has been rapidly researching ways to flee the United States. She, it's means he, from the U.S., but with, she's from the U.S., 
Just say he every time I say she, because it's a he. She's from the U.S., but with physical attacks against transgender and non-binary people on the rise, and lawmakers targeting transgender people with increasingly draconian legislation that criminalizes their very existence, <laughs> Willows is worried. Okay, uh, remember, this is from Vice. Vice is a far-left rag. Uh, they're, they're really fun to read. I mean, if you're a conservative like me, you like reading them because they're just funny. Um, first off, attacks on trans people is really on the rise? Really? You sure? Name the last one. I would love for someone to tell me. Because if there was an actual attack on a trans woman, like a brutal attack on a trans woman, guess what? Which is a man. Guess what's going to happen? It's going to be playing on the television... 24-7 for two weeks. There hasn't been. And as far as the draconian legislation that criminalizes their very existence, uh, no, there's legisla legislation that criminalizes you your existence in front of little children, which is what the trans community is pushing. Okay, so, and, and the media... Yeah, whatever. Okay, so let's let's move on with the article. The national landscape, accompanied by some of her own personal experience, has made a future in the U.S. feel untenable for Willows. In March 2021, when Willows had just started her transition, she was traveling across the state for work when she decided to stop at the public bathroom. A man followed her inside and pushed her up against the wall. Quote, I thought he was going to choke me to death, end quote, she told Vice News. Today she is mostly, she's mostly, today she mostly feels safe in Fargo, North Dakota, where she lives, but she's careful in rural areas. And when she leaves the state, she often doesn't feel safe at all. Quote, there are like 30 states right now I wouldn't even drive through, end quote, Willow said. Okay, he's a trans activist, so what does that matter? Okay, he's a trans activist. Um, the attack in the bathroom is probably BS. Or it has nothing to do with the fact that he was, quote, transitioning, end quote. You can't transition. You're, you're, once you're a man, you're always a man. And by the way, just just to calm his, 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 calm himself down a little bit, he can drive through any state. No one cares. Really, no one cares. He wants you to care. Continuing with the article, her own experiences and the increasingly hostile... I really can't say her. His own experiences and the increasingly hostile climate, national climate inspired Willows to start Transport, a budding nonprofit that seeks to help trans people transition, navigate bureau bureaucratic mazes, and ultimately finance their journeys as they flee the country. I told you, he's a trans activist. Willows is, considered, is considering asylum in Iceland, a country he visited last summer and considers more accepting and safer than the U.S. And he fe felt like being trans was a non-issue there, while there. Though there's currently a lack of clarity around whether it's po even possible for a transgender U.S. citizen to claim asylum elsewhere, and, and an expert told Vice News it's unlikely the devolving situation in the U.S. has inspired people like Willows to try. Asylum for people... Trans people because they feel their lives are in danger and there's government prosecution in the United States. Really? Really? Asylum? You know who claims asylum? 
people who are escaping China, Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, Russia. Those are countries where people actually escape for asylum. And I got news for you. If this guy decided to go to any one of those countries, yeah, he would want to run away and claim asylum in the United States because they'll kill him. Matter of fact, America, not only is he not in danger in America of dying, he's celebrated in this stupid country. And I mean, we're a stupid country right now. Let's face it. We have parades where these guys can walk around half naked. Well, I think she should go to, uh, he, sh he should go to Iceland. Goodbye, good riddance, and don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Okay, oh, here we go. Something else is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist in 2020. I told you I was going to have some new audio, make this thing a little bit jumpy. So let's talk about this at racism. Okay, in our, continu in our continuous saga, uh, everything being racist, there are a few articles that basically make physical details of a person racist. I'll give you an introduction to one article by a gal named Yami Adagoke, I think is how it's pronounced. Her real name is probably Jane Smith, but she's so woke she had to take back her African roots or whatever, okay, because she's an oppressed person and that's what we do in this country now. This is what she said. According, This is coming from uh, a, a little article in Vox. Big booty, big booty. What you got a big booty is how the chorus of Jennifer Lopez and Iggy Azalea's derriere-themed ditty goes over and over. The aptly titled booty video was released last week, and in anticipation, American Vogue wrote its own ode to to the more plump posterior. In case you did, you missed Jennifer Lopez's rendition, definitely an expression of the modern art form. I mean, Bach, Beethoven, stand back. Here's, here's a little clip from Booty by, gender, by Jennifer Lopez. Truly a classic in every way. I'm sure the remake of Apocalypse Now will have this as the main theme. Anyway, uh, the introduction concludes. Despite the probable good intentions, the article jarred mainly because Vogue Louding Vogue louding big bums is quite like PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, penning a love song to the fur gilet. Uh, Jesus, this gal in her language. For it was Vogue, along with most of the other mainstream women's magazines, that made bigger bottoms the butt of fashion but the butt of fashion industry jokes for years. So the attributes that black women have so long been shamed been shamed for having finally been given the Anna Wintour seal of approval due to a new Aryan aesthetic, Aryan white, 
it is almost too much to bear. Her main argument is that uh, white people never thought it was okay to have a big ass. And apparently now we're okay with it. And, and it's all white people's, it was all taken because black people had to have it approved or some sort of crap. By the way, forget that Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican. Lizzo, who screams about her big ass on a daily basis, is fine with, they're all fine with that. But it's white people's, the reason is white people now like big butts. I mean, and people like Lizzo, J-Lo, Kim Kardashian are culturally, culturally appropriating the big butts. And cultural appropriation is an example of racism. What a shock. Who knew that my ex-wife having that huge sagging ass was a, a, was a racist? I never knew that. What about the white men that like big butts? Are they racist too? Of course. A woman named Heather Radke wrote a book called Butts, a backstory. I'm not kidding you. That broad wrote a book about big asses. Okay. I didn't read the book. I know I should. It's probably a literary masterpiece, but I didn't read the book. But here's one clip that unheard.com has decided to put in there. Radke on this front is one who asserts that the contemporary appreciation of butts by the wider male population is, quote, coming from black male desire, straight up point blank. It's only through black males and their gaze that white men are starting to take notice. To paraphrase a popular meme, quote, fellas, is it racist to like butts? Wow. Wow. I, I, I'm a butt guy. I, I like butts. I won't lie. I thought I just liked butts. But apparently I'm a racist because I like butts. Again, I'm culturally appropriating from black men because black men look at butts all the time and obviously they exclaim that they like butts and I took it from them. So I'm culturally appropriate. My liking of butts culturally appropriates from black males. My only commentary here, the only thing that I've got to say here is that if you look at the nudes of the Renaissance, okay, Manet, for example, not Monet, he did, he did uh, landscapes, Manet, one might notice that all of the women in Manet's portraits were chunky. By the way, Manet was white, okay, French. That's because it was considered attractive. Uh, big women were considered attractive back then. Or maybe men just like big butts. I don't know. We'll have to find out, but it doesn't matter. Because everything is racist. Okay. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you guys have a great day. I do have like three new videos on Rumble. So go visit Rumble. If you want to know what happened to this Anderson guy, go visit. I, the whole video is there. I love you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.